isn't it annoying when you're in a cave in Pokemon and you get constant random battles? You only have to step a few paces and there we are, another bloody Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that crap. Okay, all they need to do... <laughs> I don't know what that is, yeah. Is you need to know if it's worth battling because he always throws a Pokemon out and the Pokemon comes out and then the other Pokemon comes out. You get all the animation and it's like, yeah, not bothered. You know, so you run away, okay? It should say like a little silhouette of a Pokemon should appear. It says... Um, Pikachu, uh, approaching. Do you want to battle or not? Maybe he can like dodge and he just moves out of the way. And that would really help things. Don't you think? Tom Mark attack. Know. Right then, so we're off to a fiery start. But Tom Parry's agree? on his pedestal. Yeah, I do agree, but that would kind of counteract the whole point of a random encounter. Surely. Oh, the animation. There we go, Charizard. Ooh, throws his ball, pops out, does his... Roar. The other Pokemon comes out and goes... Roar. As you can tell, Tom Parry's been giving his sweets this evening. Ah, dear me. Anyway, uh, how's your week been? <laughs> My week's been fine, Tom. Um... Yeah, uh, uh, quite a lot of gaming this week. I've been taking a break from well, stand-up this week. You spent a whole day week. playing video games, didn't you? Yeah, I did, <laughs> and it was great. And now I've completed my my latest playthrough of Assassin's Creed 3, ready mm. for the next generation of gaming. She's just around the corner. It's already arrived. It happened Is this your final game of ago. the current console generation? Um, no, I'm going to play through a few more that I've got on the shelf. But Yeah, but in in terms of... No, 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 yeah. What do you mean? No, I don't know what I mean, actually. That makes... Yeah. No, You've um, got loads of games to play of this I have got loads of games to, to play of this generation. A shit yeah, ton yeah. of JRPGs of this generation, which I probably will never touch, because I'm kind of going through a... What does it all mean with JRPGs mm. phase at the moment? Um, which I've never been able to work that out myself. Oh, I, I have... <laughs> But then I'm I'm still playing them and going. Why am I spending forty plus hours to get mm. a story that subpar when I can play something like Assassin's Creed Three and get ten hours? So yeah, and yeah, yeah, have a good storyline. That's it. So good storyline on Assassin's Creed Three. Anything else? Any other feedback you'd like to give? Oh, I I'll talk about it more in a minute. I wanna okay. I just wanna address the fact that the Xbox One's here first. Oh right, we're we doing that. Yeah, you're wearing green. I know. I am wearing green in honor? celebration. <laughs> yes, in honor of that four hundred and thirty pound yeah. brick. I was wondering how much it was actually. I wondered if it was four fifty, but yeah, I, I saw it today on Amazon. Actually, so, I think by Danish prices, we're probably coming off a bit better than the UK. But it's not out here for a while yet. It's not the out. Xbox. The Xbox One didn't get released in Denmark same time as the rest of the world, my friend. Oh. Did you not realise this? Um, eight countries got the Xbox One Friday. Eight. Including the UK? In one of them was the UK, yeah. Not Denmark, though. Oh, none dear, of, those Danes none, must be fuming. None of the Nordic region got the Xbox One. No, it's a bit crappy, Instead they've got really. a PS4 uh, demo pod at 
GameStop. I would imagine so, yeah. Actually, yeah. I didn't even twig to that. Before, when I was telling you, like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, they got a PS4. No, it didn't get released in Denmark, which is probably why I've not seen any games anywhere either. I've been wondering about that. I thought that was a bit funny that I've yeah. been wandering around stores and not seen Xbox so One games. So I think Sony might have the advantage, judging by the crowd that was amassing around the demo PS4 at GameStop. Oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was It was nice. I, to be honest, like, I really like the DualShock 4. I did post a picture to our Twitter going like, um, same one I sent you. No, you did. And I played the PS4. Um, It was good. But we're talking about Xbox, aren't we? Yeah, but I guess, should we talk about the Xbox? Should we really? Well, you used it highly. Yeah, well, I was I was just going to bring in the new, the next gen of things, but I mean, it's probably a bit... Well, no, well, we'll start off by saying neither of us have... Um, bit the bullet and put, purchased uh, Xbox One. I had a pre-order for a long, long time, as people who listen to this podcast regularly will know. Mm. Uh, but I cancelled it two weeks ago. And it's yeah, a heck of a lot of money to fork out in the space of a couple of weeks. I was it? thinking about it, and then I thought, no, screw it, I'll get it later. I can't imagine as many people who bought both on release. Honestly, I know a few people who are going to, and like non-internet gaming related, like people I know in real life who are just like, yeah, I'm going to buy both. Don't know why. They've got honestly. money, obviously. Or uh, maybe not. Apparently, <laughs> I, probably not. I would imagine Alone. there's an overdraft getting eaten into. Uh, one of them is a student, so that's your tax. At 430 work. quid for an Xbox. Jesus Christ. And then 350 quid on top of that for a PS4. How much does video gaming mean to someone to spend that much money? I don't know. Well, like, think about it. PlayStation 3 was around 400 quid when it launched, right? Yeah, well, it probably Paid was. Paid £280 for my Xbox 360, and that lasted all the two days before it red-ringed. Paid £75 for my Xbox 360. My current one, I paid 100 quid for, I think. Mm. You must bear in mind that I bought my Xbox off a friend a long while into its uh, yeah, lifetime. Yeah, Tom has the Final Fantasy thirteen Xbox they 360, bit, which yeah. is kind of ironic, because Tom gives no shits about Final Fantasy thirteen. Although my good friend Dave, blast, fellow Blast Processor Dave, does, you know, he likes Final Fantasy. Yeah. But he actually uh, sold that to me so we could buy the Halo one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Halo uh, Slim. Oh, I, I wanted to buy that console. It's yeah. sexy and silver. Yeah. Uh, but I moved to Denmark, and then I, I was like, oh, I'll get one when I'm there, and I didn't see one. Yeah. Crying shame. What? Crying shame. Crying shame. When if anyone's buying the new Xbox 360, the redesign. Actually, that's a very good point. Where's that in Denmark? Maybe. I've not seen that, actually. (laughs) Maybe that's also been delayed. No, I think it's available. They said after the press conference for Xbox One that it'll be available after the press conference, didn't they? Does anyone care? Like, uh, but uh, I don't think it was, at least not in the UK. Denmark. Maybe in the States. I don't know about Denmark, but I saw a crazy thing that GameStop in America had like a 400% rise in their, in their uh, pre-owned games slash second-hand hardware in mm. the past two weeks, I think it was, prior to the Xbox One slash PS4 launch. Mm. Which says a lot, because they're useless now. In the eyes of, like, your everyday consumer, aren't they? Because you can't play things on them. I guess if you haven't already got a huge backlog of games, like well, we like have, y- and games that we like to play anyway, regardless of whether or not we've completed them, you can't, you've got, you've got to keep hold of them, haven't you? People like us who really enjoy video games. Yeah, but, like, I uh, was listening to Polygon, and it's a very interesting debate on their, this week's podcast of just, like, with video games, like, these are some of you are passionate about, and, like, story-driven media and stuff. But... It's very rare 
like in current gen gaming that you go to your shelf and you go, oh, that was a great game. I'll play that one again because it takes like 10, 15 hours of your life. Whereas like me going knock, oh, I really want to see Wes Anderson's Rushmore again mm. is like an hour and 45 minutes of pure bliss. Um, so there's a there's a balance there. And I mean, for a lot of people, once mm. you've played one game, once you know its stories, I mean, some of the best bits of the Assassin's Creed trilogy are the twists and turns. Yeah. And they're, oh my God, I didn't that. expect that. There so, are a few games I've replayed this generation. There's quite a generation. few I've played from the last gen. Ooh. I know one. Yeah. Resident Evil 5. Why would you played do that? I've played through that more than once. Why would you do that? Co-op? Pretty good. Yeah, co-op. Okay, fair enough. Um, I... It's a good fun game. What, what are you on about? <sighs> co- in co-op? I only play in co-op. I, I only played it in co-op. <laughs> in, 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 in my living room co-op. None of this Xbox Live. Oh, yeah, Me no, and my no, mate Aaron no. sat next to each other, shouting abuse at each other as we shot Wesker. And Resident Evil 4. I think I must have played that. The trendy last gen. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, although you could argue that it was re-released this gen. Yeah, that's true for the Wii. Um, and and downloadable. Oh yeah, it's true. You I forgot it was that. downloadable. Yeah, but I can't justify spending that much money on it. No. Again. Um, I'm trying to think if I've d- played through anything this gen more than once. It's a good little topic, isn't it? One that we just came up on the fly. With. I actually <laughs> don't know. I I'll be honest. Um. Keep them occupied, Tom. I'm going to go wrestle a look at my collection. Played through more. i tell you a game I've played through a bazillion times would be Sonic. Any Sonic game, I've certainly replayed that a fair few uh, times. And you can play through the original Mario games countless times. Ocarina of Time. How about that one? That's a good one for replaying. Uh, no, no one really uh, minds replaying Zelda games, do they? I mean, I'm playing Wind Waker. Not that I completed it first time around, but uh, I'm certainly replaying stuff I had already done. That squeak signifies me coming back to the table. Did, you, did I take care of that? All right. You did. <laughs> it was kind of like... I just imagine in the generation game music in the background, <laughs> a cuddly toy, Ocarina of Time. Um, no, but do you agree with me on some of them? Yeah, some of them. Well... Like Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time is definitely Mario a Mario or replay. Sonic game is very replayable. To be honest, like, I think... Earlier generation games are because they're a lot shorter. Like that's why I d- yeah. But then back again, saying that, even like Secret of Mana, I've played that game countless times. Mm. Um, yeah. Even some of the RPGs on the Super Nintendo, I'm more inclined to play more than once. Uh, but I just realised in going over there, only game I've completed multiple times: Shadows of the Damned. I know. Shadows of, Shadows the, of the Damned. damned. Um, which is clearly going to feature on our list of last generation's greatest games. Which will be coming up later in December. Mm. Yeah, um, Shadows of the Damned. I really, 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 really want to replay El Shaddai. I know that. it's a stunning game. I'm going to pick it up for the PS3 Maybe soon. I should play it. You should play it. I've got, that, I've got that to play, and I've got to get on with uh, Killer is Dead. Yeah. And I've got to get on with Blinking Lollipop Chainsaw. I never... I've really? never opened my copy. You haven't? No, I was going to play it, and then I played Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah. Um, I am going to, over the next couple of weeks, I think, in my spare time, because I'm, I'd am i imagine, like, PS4, I'm going to be picking up Knack. I'll, I will get Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, but maybe a week or two down next, I want to just play Knack and Resogun. And I'll stream them on our Twitch, because we have a Twitch now. Yay! Um, oh, if you may have seen what we broadcast on footage. We did, which we'll talk about in a oh, minute. Oh, okay. oh, oh. Um, Tom Matt Attack <laughs> on Twitch. Follow us. Yay. Uh, but I'm going to play Bioshock. 
Because contrary to popular belief, I've never completed Bioshock. One? Yes. One of my favourite games, I've not completed it because someone told me the ending. And much like oh, I've said, silence. one of those games that once someone tells you the ending, you're like, ah, shit. And it kind of all become, kind of all falls apart at the seams. Same as I'd imagine Bioshock Infinite, but if you knew the ending, that it would just kind of seem all a bit so you've irrelevant. Two and Infinite. I've completed. Well, I got to the end boss on two. I don't think I ever beat the end boss. You haven't completed that. One, I moved to Denmark, and then all my saves are still on my Xbox in the UK, which doesn't work anymore. How about that? Yeah, but I'm going to play through them both. I really want to play uh, the Bioshock 2 DLC Maneuvers Den, because I've heard that's better than the entire game. Arguably also better than Bioshock 1, which is a very interesting thing for a DLC to be better than two games. Um, I haven't heard. I Honestly, I, I've heard a lot about that. But yeah, um, PS4 though, however, looking forward to that Friday. Very good. Uh, enjoyed the controller. DualShock 4 is... The DualShock 4, sorry. <laughs> what did you I say? Did DualShock. DualShock <laughs> locked, cocked and ready to rock. I, um, I saw this thing that's got a light on it. It doesn't have a light when, on it. When uh, you're playing Killzone, for example, it glows red when you're dying and blue when or green when you're healthy or something like that. I think it's got a few colours in it. It's I saw it go blue and I saw it go red. It probably goes the same colours as the face buttons. Like the um, realise that the... Uh, the remote, yeah, the move remote does that. You know the different balls, different colours. They yeah. all correlate to the button. To which one you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked the DualShock Four. I was gonna say something about it, and then I lost my train of thought. Um, but very good controller, very solid feel to it. You haven't Seems had an Xbox nice. One controller yet. I have you? not. I unfortunately, uh, an unboxing video from uh, Ashens. You know yeah. that, that guy yeah, online yeah. reviews stuff on the sofa. If you don't know him, check him out. He's, he's very entertaining. And he was unboxing the, the, the console and he actually got to grips with the controller, first of all, and he, his impre- first impressions weren't so good. Really? He, he found that the shoulder buttons were a bit wrongly placed, a bit it awkward for him. I think he kind of liked the rest of it, but he said those shoulder buttons weren't so great. I mean, that was a lot of the people's qualm with the PS3 controller, that the shoulder buttons are a bit shitty. Well, they, of course, the um, L2 and R2, you aren't shaped right which they've fixed now yes they have their triggers yeah. they're yeah. lovely it's not like something you can see fingers slide off no they I don't I remember playing like uh, Gran Turismo and having to readjust my finger so it, as it was sliding off the button I remember I bought those clip on triggers which always used to fall off <laughs> as a yeah I remember them I, I used to sell a few of them yeah yeah like retail days in your retail days mm. oh damn it I forgot what I was going to say about the PS4 um, the camera kind of seems a bit of a useless peripheral at the moment for the ps4 really i played the playroom demo hmm. and yeah i've heard some people using that for ulterior motives really yeah oh <laughs> really yeah that's interesting filming themselves Ooh. in compromising situations interesting or with uh, yeah within the playroom i think i i, I <laughs> know it's an article online i didn't read into it brings a whole new meaning to the it, word playroom really doesn't it <laughs> it does a bit um, i'm broadcasting it over twitch i think oh you can broadcast okay yeah. interesting that, that was the issue ah. they, were, they were filming stuff on the playroom broadcasting it <laughs> that's very that's fucking hilarious yeah. um <laughs> i get that image out of your head um hmm. tom attack on twitch oh none of that be exciting friday <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not going to get the camera, I don't think. Um, I will be getting Knack, though. Played the demo that. While I will admit, not the most mind-blowing of games, 
seemed pretty solid. Mm. It felt a lot to me like Cameo. Mm. And I think it is, it is doomed to be compared to Cameo because it is a launch platformer on a next-gen console. And who's it been developed by? Um, I'm not entirely sure. It's not, no. Because <laughs> when I look at it, it makes me think of a nice colourful platformer in exotic locations. And I think of um, Jack and Daxter when I look at it. You know, because I think for the PS2, that was a real breakthrough game. It just looked amazing, and the animation was so smooth, and, you know, in a big open world with little load times. Uh, it's published by Sony, and... The guy who's directing it is quite prolific, isn't he? Or is it's he? Mark Cooney, is the guy developing And, and has, what has he worked it? on? Um, I will tell you now. It doesn't say what the studio is. Uh, significant games... Um, he was a producer of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, programmer what? designer of Kid Chameleon no. um, he was the programmer behind California Games the port of that um, he made Marble Madness and Major Havoc oh my um, he's, got, he's got some heritage also um, executive producer of Crash Bandicoot Ah, and the Crash Bandicoot series, which is why I where remember. Where the Naughty Dog connects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he made Knack. Uh, also, behind uh, executive producer of Spyro and designer there. Uh, also, Jack and Daxter, who's a programmer. God, he's been everywhere, that Designer guy. on Ratchet and Clank. If anyone's qualified to make a platform game, he's Designer, Design consultant on Uncharted. Uh, designer on Resistance 2 and a design consultant <laughs> on God of War 3 does, does and Killzone 3. Move him around different, their own studios then? I think so. <laughs> I'm assuming so, anyways. Seem, certainly seems that You're way. Going over there next, it's like me at work. <laughs> it doesn't say that it's just um, the developer is uh, Sony Computer Entertainment Japan. Okay. So it's an internal thing. Japan but yeah, studio? That, or yeah. not? The one that's the puppeteer and Loco Roco? Yes. Oh. Yeah, but they just, as it says, he's the driving force behind it, I think. Okay. Because of the Crash Bandicoot thing. Ooh, and they were talking about making it a mascot for the PlayStation 4, but I doubt that'll happen now with the lukewarm reviews he's been getting. No, what's that boy return? No, I don't think so. They've killed him? I, I guess so. Well, there's no little big planet games planned, right? For the no. time being. Media Molecule are busy with Tearaway! Well, they've done that. They're doing their PS3 thing, aren't they? Yeah. With their... Move remotes. Oh, yeah. PS4. True. Damn, PS4, I gotta yeah. start calling it the PS4. PS4. Yeah, I gotta I get, can't used, get to used to it. Too. it. Neither can I, don't worry. Any Sony consoles are PS3. Any Sony consoles are PS3. No, PS4 now, mate. New generation. Yeah. Huh. It's like Pepsi. It's cool and new. Okay. Yo. It's the voice of your generation mm. of gaming. Anyway, should we talk about what we've been playing? Yeah, I guess we should. <laughs> um, yeah, but as I said, I will be getting Assassin's Creed 4 for my PS4. Mm -hmm. So it meant that I had to complete Assassin's Creed 3 for my Xbox 360. You just had to. I had to. I needed to know the story. And of course, where it end, how it ended, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but we're not saying anything. I, I shan't spoil... It's, it's an old game, though, now. It's it is a year, a year old. old, but I don't want to spoil it anyway, because I know... Uh, you hadn't played it till recently. I hadn't played it till recently. I know uh, fellow friends over at the Super Rad. Go and have a listen. Uh, Can we to say it's a cliffhanger? It is a cliffhanger, but yeah, yeah. most Assassin's Creed games have been. But yeah, I was going to say Tooth that Super Rad is playing it at the moment, or was talking about wanting to play it, so I shan't spoil it. Um, but yeah, very good game. Kind of 
Whereas the last Assassin's Creed games, for me at least, the Templars have been conceived as the pure evil bad guy and you were the assassins who fight for truth and justice and literally in this game, the American, the American. way. And that line is a lot more blurred in this game. It kind of puts you at odds at some points where you kind of, after assassination missions, what the Templars tell you, you're just like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Mm. But it kind of comments, though very subtly, on the fact that you're an assassin and you're kind of doing what people are telling you and in turn it's a metaphor for you, the player, just doing what the game tells you and kind of has one of those, hey, isn't gaming kind of crazy things, vibes to it? Um, But for me, my biggest disappointment about the game is and i hope it'll be rectified in black flag is i think their ambition was hindered by the platforming like the actual 360 and ps3 hardware because it just the scale of it is is massive isn't it it's too big for what it accomplishes like um, when you look I, at something, that, sorry to interrupt you, but in the background I saw you, it was coming across the water. Yeah. And it all looked very f- kind of flat and the trees looked very flat and very simplistic in its design. And you yeah. could tell how amazing this game might look. Cause it already looks very nice Yeah, on uh, this next-gen hardware. It's hindered. It's mm. like It feels like Bioshock Infinite in the sense that the story's really engaging, but the gameplay's n- not great. Mm. Um, it gets hindered by things like a... Tom, you heard me swearing my head off for a mission earlier that required me to ride on horseback, which I touched on last week, is the most frustrating element of the game because the horse doesn't run very naturally and you can accidentally run up a rock mm. and then you get stuck on the rock because the horse doesn't want to come oh, off a distance and stuff. And when there's time involved and you're supposed to be trying to catch people in three minutes, it gets stupidly frustrating. That's no good. Um, Do you want to go over Rockstar and have a word with yeah, exactly. They, they want to get horses. some Red Dead Redemption <laughs> development team people in there and sort out their horses. Uh, yeah, but like honestly, some of the gameplay elements kind of felt a bit tired, kind of felt like they were just hacking old Assassin's Creed 2 and 1 elements into the gameplay because that's what an Assassin's Creed game is. Didn't actually really do that much assassinating, to be honest. Like... Hmm. The older games tended to be like, you go here, you go here, you do this, you do that, and then you assassinate someone. But like, it didn't feel, for the game's length, the amount of assassinating I did was very little mm-hmm. compared to the other games. I felt anyways, in my, I'm pretty sure I assassinated and killed a lot of people, but like, <laughs> just felt a bit weird. And combat felt inconsequential. I was telling Tom I bought a sword near the end of the game because I didn't really use any of the shops because I didn't really feel the need to. Whereas in Assassin's Creed Revelations and Brotherhood and 2, it kind of feels like an integral part, growing your mana and getting all these things. And there's there's bits where they've put in just as a kind of, hey, do you remember doing this in the last one? And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Like There's a mission where you're firing a cannon at a famous battle that I can't remember the name of. Uh, and this is kind of my problem with it. People, a few people tweeted us to say they thought I was being a bit flippant towards like American history last week. Really? I didn't yeah. realise it happened. And um, no, I, I'm not. I, I 
I wish I knew more about it to get the reveals of these historical figures because they're just kind of saying to me, like, here's George Washington. And, like, of course I know who George Washington is, but, like, when you reveal to me someone like Samuel Adams, I don't really know who that is in a historical context. Well, this is just it, isn't it? It depends on where you've been born and where you've been brought yeah, up. Yeah, and but... you, you know that history. You don't necessarily yeah. always, unless you're, you're interested and you seek it out actively yourself, uh, realise. But this isn't even my point. Like it, To me, saying about the history in this game feels a bit backhanded anyway, because it just kind of tacks on. It's just like... You can see the seams of them going, wouldn't it be cool if we did the Boston Tea Party? Wouldn't it be cool if we did the Battle of Gettysburg? Wouldn't it be cool if we did Bunker Hill? And then, yeah, something with George Washington. Like, it's... it. You can see yeah. the bits, you know? I see. So it doesn't actually... I think I've read this as well about the game yeah. somewhere. I think this is not... Other people have felt the same way. And the storytelling aspect of it, while I said like it's a good story and it makes you kind of question the dynamics of the game and what's previously gone on and stuff, it all feels very rushed mm. still. Like the story just kind of makes these gigantic leaps, whereas with Ezio, they had time to explore these narrative Come back lines to the scale, doesn't stuff. it, of the game, you know? They, they, they need, maybe need to rein it in a little bit more. Yeah, so it just felt a little bit tighter instead of as epic and as disjointed as it sounds. Yeah, it it feels at points a bit broken, which is a shame because it is a really good game with a really good story. A lot of like, vision. A lot of, uh, definitely. Like game. I said last week, I respect the hell out of Ubisoft for this game because it's not conventional. It tries to do more than it can. It's a game that's got a lot of scope to it and it's kind of a shame that they won't develop this character any further, but at the end of it, you kind of see, like, oh, well, it's because it was maybe nowhere to go. Maybe they should have called it a rest with Altair after uh, two. Or, well, maybe just made Revelations and then not made Brotherhood because it didn't really add that much to the mm. story, in my opinion. But, yeah, a good game. If you can find it for cheap, I'd pick it up. Uh, I know here in Denmark, uh, Danish deal of the week, 100 kroner in Blockbuster, you can get the Washington edition. Of so Assassin's Creed 3 kroner. for 100 kroner. Yeah. So. It, alternatively, you can buy the regular edition on the Wii U for 100. You can, which, to be honest, I'm kind of tempted to get the Join or Die edition if I find it cheap for the Wii U. Hmm. I'm kind of thinking about this as well with this whole, as I was touching upon earlier with trade-ins and stuff. Like, the games I want to play now that have been released for the Wii U, I'm more inclined to get them for the Wii U because I don't think I'll be using my Xbox 360 and my PS3 that much. Hmm. Like, especially on my PS3, it's in the That's UK you now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I want to get some stuff. I'm going to pick up uh, the new Splinter Cell, I think, on the Wii U. Maybe the new Arkham game as well. Because the only difference between the Arkham game on the 360 and the thing is a multiplayer, which I'm not going to play anyway. Yeah. Same with Assassin's Creed. The second disc on the 360 version is multiplayer. Great. Mm -hmm. That's going to sit in this case for the rest of the time. Might you consider purchasing the uh, Wii U Classic controller if you're moving towards this? I possibly could. I'm tempted to, very mm. tempted to. In fact, I was looking at the price of it earlier on Amazon. Thirty-seven ninety-nine. Thirty-seven ninety-nine, but twenty-two ninety-nine from a used new seller at the moment. Seemed pretty reasonable. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Um, other than that, been playing a bit of Phoenix Wright, which I'll touch upon briefly. Very good game. 
if you like Phoenix Wright, go buy it. It's great. Um, if you don't, don't. If you don't, don't. Because you, <laughs> you, it's a very particular type of game. I'd recommend you play the demo first because someone like Tom isn't going to play it. Um, actually, that was a very interesting thing I noticed in Assassin's Creed 3 as well. Like For such a narratively driven game and mm. something you've said that you can sit there and watch, mm. Like all the cutscenes have got a very clear thing saying, hey, press B to skip the cutscene. Yeah. I'm just like, well, what's the point of playing the bloody game? <laughs> yeah, in, in that game, yeah, you're not going to be skipping cutscenes. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, Phoenix Wright, very good. Um, talked about it at length before, so I reckon you should pick it up. Though I will say, seems a little bit easier than the previous games. There's a lot of hand-holding in this game. Well, it's a trend, isn't it, in yeah. video games at present? I am only on the second case, though, and as usually Phoenix Wright games go, they go from being difficult around the third or fourth mission and then the fifth mission kind of suffers a bit from monkey island syndrome which is um the fact that they just give you a random piece of evidence and then through the logic that just baffles everyone but the game's designer you have to kind of put the pieces together oh great like um in monkey island when you need to get across to a there's a base where you need to three things you need to do to become a pirate i won't spoil it but there's like an, a house on a faraway island and there's a rope there and you need to combine a rubber chicken with a pulley from a fishing hook and then you make a pulley and then you go across yeah it's just completely random things which at the time made me piss myself but yeah they they just <laughs> make you baffle and just make oh. you drag and drop everything in I have to say, my, my history with Monkey Island is I played a demo of Curse of Monkey Island, which I, I thought was very funny. It was the scene with uh, Murray. Yeah, <laughs> Murray the Skull. Murray. Go on, be Murray. God. Very funny. Um, it's a shame I haven't actually uh, investigated that any further because I really like that. Uh, uh, but then I played the PS2 one. Don't count that as a Monkey Island game. <laughs> it's not developed by any of Lucas. the people. LucasArts. But it is, isn't it? It's a LucasArts game. It's a Luke, it's a LucasArts game in yeah. inverted commas. Oh. Like, it's not. I didn't think it's that not was in bad. This, I oh, it, it is compared to me, the other ones. Yeah. There, not only does it lack any of the charm of any of the other Monkey Island games, but that Monkey Island game on the PS2 has a lot of things in it to try and counteract people possibly using a guide. Okay. And therefore, kind of screw up the pace of the game. Uh, there's a sequence where essentially you have to use moss to navigate yourself through a swamp, and if you accidentally go on the wrong screen once, because it involves you like looping around the screen and going off mm. the left and coming in from the right and going up, one wrong button press and it resets the whole thing, and then you've got to figure it out again. It takes ages. Oh, that sounds frustrating. And there's a particularly very frust- old-fashioned. It's to try and like ward against, like I said, the Monkey Island thing of. Half the fun is figuring out what the item combinations are, like the rubber chicken pulley and stuff. Mm. They've tried to make it unguidable in a way, so mm. you can't go on the internet and cheat, and you have to figure all these mm. things out for yourself. And in such, they break the game. Like, there's a sequence on a beach where you get a small shred of paper telling you the location of a rock on a beach full of around, I don't know, about 150 stones, and there are seagulls flying, which are your clues and they fly around, and if you accidentally run, then it scatters the seagulls, and they reset their pattern, and it's just bollocks. Such a hard <laughs> game because of these little things. Okay. Uh, I n- I've never competed it. I got really very far in on the PS2 version, and oh. I never competed it. We've just gone off I on a real tangent here. Yes, we yeah, have. Well, why did you mention Monkey Island again? Phoenix Wright. <laughs> Phoenix Wright. Yeah, okay. good game. Buy it. <laughs> um, 
other than that, we played a bit of Towerfall. Um, absolutely brilliant. Have we talked about it at all? No, we didn't because no. we we talked. We, we touched roughly it. on the idea of playing yeah. Towerfall, and then we went and played Towerfall. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. What are your thoughts on Towerfall? A really Towerfall? enjoyable multiplayer party game. Yeah. Really enjoyable multiplayer party game. I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> um, we're actually going to do our first uh, radio review on this. I've edited it together. I just need to record the audio and put some bedding in. But hell of a fun game. Honestly, yeah. it's one of the, my favourite multiplayer games it's now. It's very cleverly constructed, really. A lot of the mechanics of the game uh, work really well. The idea of the bow and you know, having a certain amount of arrows and collect your arrows and... Uh, that's the little mechanics in the game. Whether the shield that's given to you if you're not if you're losing, it just feels very fair yeah. and very balanced. And yeah, it's it's really great. And it reminds me of, of certain things. I think the um, the art style actually reminded me of Wizard as well. Yeah, it's this kind of retro it's pixel a, art like style, but very smoothly animated. Yeah, very yeah. smoothly animated. Yeah. Made by a gamer called Matt Thorson. Mm. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, T-H-O-R-S-O-N. Thorson? Yeah, I think so. Um, and He'll correct us if... He will. <laughs> um, he does follow us on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, br- amazing game. Essentially what it is is kind of like a 2D Smash Brothers in a way, I guess. It's an arena-based, like multiplayer game um you all start off four players in the corner of a room you have a bow and arrow which has three shots to start with but you can steal other people's arrows because they stay in the corner of the arena you don't just have to collect your own arrows you can collect any arrows yeah and of course you can kill people mario style by jumping on their heads the classic platform trope once you get to a certain point of it though it becomes so that people have shields if you're winging away, so it kind of tries to even out yeah. the advantage of you being works. very good at the game, which definitely works. Tom's come back from me being like five up and won the game by using the shield kind of mm. thing. But it's just a great game. There's a, a lot great, of variety it's a, it's a to it. It's a platform game. It's a strategy game. It's a fighting game. There were elements of it which reminded me of Worms. I think this is mostly, the, the, of course, you're playing these miniature characters. And the projectiles, you know, aiming your projectiles because there's a real strategy in that. Yeah. You, you can hit from across the other side of the uh, arena. You can oh, be very yeah. clever, but the pace, pace of it, sorry, is so fast that that's quite tricky to do. Yeah, yeah. But I can see the more you play it, the more you'll get better at it. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely got a learning curve to it where you Certainly. can become very good. I mean, there's a dash button where you can, if you dash in an arrow, like, it's kind of like Clint Eastwood talking about in... Uh, Oh, what's that bloody million dollar baby where he's telling the girl you've got to go into the punch, like mm-hmm. it'll hurt less if you lean into the punch, but you dash into an arrow and you can kind you of can snatch it, it midair. Yeah. You can get the arrow as well. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot you can, yeah. See, this game has so many uh, levels to it, so many layers. And it just seems so uh, simplistic from the outset, but it's like, I remember you comparing it to Goldeneye, but I'd say I had the amount of fun that I had the first time I played Time Splitters 2. Okay, yeah. It's just that frantic, like, oh, it's, shit! It's that in, it's fast. It's it's like um, a game of football where everyone's scoring a goal every few minutes. Yeah. Every few, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, it's great. Um, and yeah, I do compare it to Goldeneye because it's the same thing. It's very, very just fast and you get instant satisfaction from it. The rounds are short and snappy. Yeah, I can't sing its praises highly enough. It's a great game. Honestly, mm. like, if you have a new year or you know someone that has a new year, force them into buying 
Towerfall because it's a very good game. You can sync up your PS3 controllers. You can sync up an Xbox controller if you've got a wired one. As we found out, you can't sync the wireless ones, unfortunately. It's a hell of a game. It's really fun. I can't speak highly of it. I'm actually considering taking my highly VR enough. home yeah. yeah, for Christmas to play it with my brother because I think he'd really get a kick out of it. And another advantage of VR is that it's portable. It is very portable. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Mm. It's good. Yeah, um, other than that, have I played anything? Oh, I played a bit of Rayman Legends with you. Mm. I picked that up. Mm. My latest acquisition for the Wii U. Mm. Um, yeah. It's great, and as we were saying earlier, it utilises the gamepad wonderfully. It's even as if it was designed for the Wii U. It's it? almost <laughs> as if it was designed for the Wii U. Yes, it takes it great is. advantage of, of the uh, new technology Nintendo developed. Um, yeah, it's really fun, especially in multiplayer experience. Uh, really concentrated on the um, interaction. Yeah, I'm kind. To be honest, I'm kind of a bit interested to see what the next couple of months now that these consoles are launching the next gen consoles to see if there's a sudden rise in the number of we use bought now that the that next generation of consoles is here because i hope people will buy it because i remember ubisoft saying like well you know zombie U was a massive launch we're having to release rayman legends on all these other platforms uh well we'll see how we do with it essentially like them kind of saying like well yeah it's a nice console to work with but if the money's not there we're not going to make oh, games for it it'll be a tragedy because they know how to use that gamepad they they're do. one of the few developers out there really taking advantage of it yeah yeah but i mean remember their e3 announcement of this when ubisoft was just like we can see the potential of this mm. i mean ea did as well and ea was just like you can make your plays in madden and stuff on your gamepad and it can be really cool and then didn't support it at all. Just kind of rushed out the usual FIFA title and then did none of the flair and stuff that Ubisoft put into it. But on that note, I guess it'll be interesting to see what Smart Glass and this uh, Vita Play feature mm. will do for the PS4 and Xbox One, respectively. It's the same old thing, isn't it? They always create their own version of something. And yeah, yeah, but that, already. surely that's a good thing, because that means people thing. will develop games for the Wii U, because they know they don't have to specifically yeah, develop it for the I touchscreen I think it's very stuff. good. Um, it's like the Move. I th I, I'm a big fan of the Move. Yeah. And that was kind of a, kind of a rip-off idea, if a that. little bit well it's their own spin on it yeah but it works better yeah <laughs> true um have i played anything else oh yeah just to say on that if you liked origins you like rayman legends there's a lot of nice touches but we haven't really delved into it deep enough to see if there's anything that truly separates the game mm, it feels as nice to play as the original it does and the, the ability to kind of help your person with the gamepad so and switching great. in and out is very cool really great it make, brings a whole new you can't, feel to go up you don't have to like restrict yourself to just using the gamepad and controlling um, Murphy yeah. you can switch between Murphy and another playable character so you can do platforming and the uh, to be honest I kind of like to play as Murphy yeah, you've, yeah I think yeah. once you start playing as Murphy you get quite into that and yeah yeah I like these games that do this, and I remember um, Little Big Planet Prehistoric Moves being one of the first occasions where you had that one guy was doing the platforming, and the other player was interacting with the environment to yeah. aid the other player. And I tell you, a game that I played recently, which uh, integrated this, was uh, Puppeteer. Oh, really? For the PlayStation Three, For the PlayStation developed 3. by um, Sony's Game Studio Japan. It, that's correct. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Very good. 
Um, now, Puppeteer was a game that I played the demo of, and I decided from playing the demo that I wasn't going to buy it. Yeah. I, I was quite put off by the demo, actually. I remember and you why, saying... Why was that, I wonder? And I think it was the fact that the game starts off very slowly, and it introduces mechanics very slowly. Um and you don't feel like you can just really get into it from the off because it stops and starts and there's a lot of like cutscenes, beautiful cutscenes, but there's a lot of stuff that stops the actual gameplay. And it, it spoon feeds you basically the the mechanics of the game. Yeah. Very slowly. Um but as they start introducing the scissors and the shield these layers of great ideas and design start piling up and, and you're left with the complete picture. It just takes you a while to get there. It looked pretty fun from what you and Tobes were playing. So I remember, yeah. I remember seeing you play the demo and me just kind of being like, oh, okay. Yeah, but I wasn't like, sold on the demo. I, I don't think the demo gives you a great impression of the game. Are you actually considering buying Puppeteer now? I will, I will certainly play it again in multiplayer. Yeah. I think it's a game which is better in multiplayer. I'd play with uh, you if you boy. Yeah, one like one of the uh, the the multiplayer character. I chose to control uh, the second player with the um, move remote, which yeah. is cool. And the second player is is kind of like the Murphy type character. You're a cat, and what you can do is interact with the environment, and you can uh, find heads uh, that are hidden. You investigate the areas around where the platforming action is taking place and, and help out. Uh, and it works great. It really does. Uh, the scissor mechanics is fantastic. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, and it's a really unique and new idea, I think. Uh, and there's some really inventive boss battles, and, of course, the visual style of it is very unique, and I've not seen a game that looks like Puppeteer before. No, definitely not. Um, possibly Apart from, it reminded me of Black Knight, what's it called, Sword. Yeah. In its presentation, as a, it's set in a the theatre, and you're watching a show with yeah. puppets. And that... Was similar, and it's got that air of Little Big Planet because I was going to say air of Little Big Planet, yeah. also an air of Tearaway, I guess, with everything kind of looked a bit papery to me. At least that first boss you fought kind of looked like a paper toy. Yeah, there's there's that element to it. A lot of fabrics, really. Yeah, it, it's the main thing in Tearaway. Is, is not Tearaway. Um, See, look, look what's happening here ha, ha, ha. in Puppeteer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I think don't be put off by the demo with Puppeteer. Try it in multiplayer with you know with a friend and. Uh, if you've got a Wii remote, I suggest giving that a go. Uh, yeah. PlayStation Move remote, you mean, not a Wii remote? Oh, damn. I'm terrible, aren't I? Tonight? You are, you are. You're All confusing these things everything. Are like, yeah. You're cross-media, Tom. Oh, You're dude. transcending boundaries. Um, I, speaking of games that I've played a demo of and was put off the game by, Bravely Default. Mm. Well, um, yeah, kind of the game demo starts off with going, oh, no. Blackhead lady who's in the collector's edition as a statue you should pay seventy pounds for. Um seventy pounds. <laughs> um things are happening. Oh dear, you need to go and sort it out, all of you. Ah. And then that's kind of it. And then the game kind of tells you like, oh by the way, none of the things you do in this game matter because this story isn't part of the game. It'll just help you out. And if you complete the demo, you get items that'll help you at the start of the game. I was like, right, great, cool. I'm going to invest a lot of time in this now. I'll play it until the game comes out and I can get a lot of cool items and I can have a good start. Could I? Fuck. I went out into the desert. I got killed. I was like, right, okay, I've done this wrong. Restarted the game. Got the story info. Just like, oh, yeah, you need to go here, there, and there. Um, 
and then just walked out into the desert. I leveled up a few more levels. I was like, right, okay, cool. I've, I've started to get the grips of this. I bought some weapon upgrades and stuff, and I changed my squad because it features a job system, much like Final Fantasy V, or feels a lot more like Etrian Odyssey, and that your characters are assigned specific jobs, and you can switch them out and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then was like, great, cool, I'm going to go into this cave now. They told me going to got my ass kicked, everything one-shotted me. I died, I hadn't saved, I had to restart the game. At which point I thought, fuck this, just turn it off. Mm. Honestly, like, it just seems like all the things no one really likes about an RPG of random encounters and tricky mechanics. We know how to get around random encounters. We do, yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you want to fight this Pikachu? (laughs) Uh, No, it just... It just throws everything at you at once. Like it's just like, oh well, you use some toys, you figure it out. And I'm like, well, I, I want to play the game properly. Oh fuck, I've died again. Like, hmm. and this isn't to say that the the final game will do this, and I think the final game will be better than this, which is why I'm still gonna pick it up. But at the same time, the demo just did nothing for me. It just spoke of bland JRPG. The bravely default system is essentially the unique gameplay mechanic of these uh, turn-based system is you can either go bravely, which means you can attack extra on that turn if you think you're going to kill the enemy, and then it leaves you hindered for the next turn where that character can't move, and then obviously they can be hit twice by an enemy. Or you can default, which is you kind of putting up your shields for a turn in order to go twice next round, which means you can use bigger combo attacks, and bigger magic spells and stuff on the next turn. Sounds good. Didn't interest me. I was just like, yeah, I bet this has got some cool mechanics further on in the game when everything's higher level. But as soon as the demo told me, like, oh, yeah, none of your levels or anything will be carried across, I was like, well, what's the point of me spending hours leveling up on this then? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's meant to give you a taster, but it's not a great taster. Yeah, all sausage, no sizzle. It's yeah. just like, yeah, some interesting mechanics, but nothing... That's part of my interest. As you know, I play JRPGs for the story. Didn't really give a shit because it wasn't a story as mm. such, or at least in the bit I played. I mm. played it for about an hour, bear in mind, on my save file. Wow. Good yeah. for a demo to be able to play it for an hour. I honestly, I think, is a good couple of hours of gameplay in there for the demo. Mm. But at the same time, it's just grinding. So that's why there's hours in there, is because you've got to grind. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Say, lovey. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's a bit of shit. Can't think of a. Something to lighten the mood. Something to oh, lighten the mood. What have I played? Oh, uh, actually going back to platform games, uh, having played Rayman uh, the other night, uh, Rayman uh, Legends, I, I picked up Origins again. Uh, I have it on the Wii, and uh, it was back at, in a time where I was playing mostly on the Wii. Uh, yeah. Because for the last console generation, I had a Wii, just a Wii, up till near the end, and then I got the Xbox and PS3 Yeah. Uh, when they were a bit cheaper. So uh, I'd, I'd play a lot of the Wii games I had, I'd play a lot of, and I got to quite far in uh, Rayman Origins. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really wanted to just pick it up again and finish it, finish it off. And actually, I think I'm quite close to doing that now. Uh, and it holds up very well. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic game. And it's just, you just really appreciate how, how they got it, the control, so nailed so well. It's yeah. so smooth and it's great fun. Uh, so I played a bit of that earlier. Uh, and it made me think about other Wii games that I'm going to go back to and complete, such as uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns. Yeah. Uh, Shadow's Tale? Far in that. Uh, yes, I could actually start playing that properly. I only had a quick go on it. Uh, there's so many that I, I 
I do regard the Wii very highly as a console. It had some really fantastic games. One of my Twitter followers, Alexa Musa, guy I actually met because he had his Twitter tag on Street Pass. Guy oh, from yeah. guy from my hometown of Potobot. I uh, was telling me he just picked up a Wii U and as such was playing through all these old Wii games that he hadn't had a chance to play because he never owned a Wii, such as A Shadow's Tale and yeah. uh, Xenoblade. Yeah. And loving them. And so, yeah. Best way to play Wii games right now, I think, is on the Wii U. Yeah. Uh, especially since you're getting the best picture you can get out of a Wii uh, through HDMI. Unless yeah. you've got the uh, composite, was it? Cable, which yeah. I had, but I found out there wasn't a place to plug it in on my TV. No. <laughs> so uh, it, it's great to play it through the Wii U, I think. Uh, well, it's fine, especially if you do the system transfer and all your old save files are there. And you can yeah, yeah. I was kind of amazed up. that all like your games like Fancy Star and stuff were all in your Wii menu. That was kind of nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. They're all, all there, all the uh, downloads. It was a shame I found out today that the Nintendo uh, channel doesn't exist anymore. And that was something I used to go on just to purely check how long I've been playing on certain games. Yeah. And to see what I was playing most on the uh, on the Wii. That Does that exist cool. in the Xbox One and the PS4? Like the equivalent what? of the Nintendo channel? Because I know it's on the Wii U in some form, right? Even though it isn't as... Well, I guess the Miiverse is... Like yeah, well, you can use the Miiverse, but doesn't it only show you, like, per day how long you've been playing it? Or is that the 3DS? No, the 3DS gives you a full breakdown, yeah, I right? Think that, I think you can on the Wii U as well somewhere. Yeah. I'm just not sure. But with this, it was done through the Nintendo channel. What you could do is recommend games yeah. in the same way you can on the Miiverse. Yeah. Uh, but that was quite good. Same, shame, to that. shame that it's been stripped back, but I couldn't understand why now we're focusing attention on the yeah. Wii U, which is, yeah. Speaking of Wii U and stuff, um, they're going to be releasing the Amiibus on the 3DS. Yeah, that's combining great, the wallet. isn't it? And the wallet, yeah, from your eShop account will go between both. This was in the latest Nintendo Direct. It was. It? Theoretically yeah. now, though, as someone that has frowned upon this highly, they could theoretically get rid of region locking on the 3DS. Because if they're now combining your accounts, they could regulate the store that way so you wouldn't have to have... Specific copies of the game, uh, specific copies of the hardware to go into each store. Yeah, which would be very, very interesting. They can't lift a region lock now, though, can they? Um, I think so. I, I don't know. If they can't, it's built into the consoles. You could just surely like modding of like PS twos and stuff has taught us anything. It's just a telling the software this is okay to be played on this region. It's not a bigger tweak. Well, depending on how they develop the hardware, but yeah, it shouldn't be that much of a hard thing to fix. Hmm. If they do do that, you'll kick yourself. Uh, I'll just sell you bought the another one. I'll, well, no, actually, theoretically speaking, I could get into the US store, which I wouldn't be able to do in any other way. Yeah. And I could then get games that haven't been released mm-hmm. yet, such yeah. as uh, Etrian Odyssey. Oh, why haven't I done that? Just oh, because I can't use my card. I tried. Never mind. I was gonna say oh, <laughs> I could buy Etrian right. Odyssey Millennium Child, which is an idea for months. Or Room Factory Four. Well, no, I can't. I'd have to buy eShop points. Never mind. But can you buy physical copies of those games? I could, and then get them shipped over. I usually wait until colleagues of ours go to the US, but no one's gone for a while. Oh darn oh. it! Uh, trying to think what else I played this week. Played a bit of Pokemon earlier. Uh, picked it up. I hadn't actually played that for a, for a, like a week. Or I something. haven't played it for about a month now. I don't uh, think. You finished me. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I was in a cave and I hadn't got rock smash, so I went back out of the cave and got rock smash. Went back in the cave and then I found out I couldn't get any further through the cave because I hadn't wasn't the Pokemon champion yet. Yeah. 
that's where the said Pokemon is. Yeah. So I think the that's end, the then. only purpose of that cave. That is the only purpose of that cave. Bollocks. I thought I had to get through it, you see. No. So I was <laughs> You just go down. You go down because you fight uh, Professor Sycamore, yeah. don't you? And then you can just go down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I got all those um, bits that are in the cave, though, because we're using Rock Smash. There's oh, quite that's a cool. few handy uh, bits and pieces in there. That's nice. Oh, Pokemon. Nice game. Yeah, good game. Uh, have I played anything I haven't played else? GTA 5. You haven't played any GTA 5? No, no, not this last week. That's a shame, isn't it? It is a shame. Yeah, good game. Oh, and get back oh yeah, that. I complete your Scribble Notes. Oh, you did. It's been so long Scribble since I Notes did. Unlimited yeah, on the Wii U. Um, good game. Feels a bit too short. The storyline serves no purpose. Um, Honestly, the storyline's kind of bunk. It's just kind of like, I, I will spoil it because there's <laughs> not much to spoil. Uh, the start of the game is you and your sister are walking through a stream. Max, the... Is it... No, what's his... Is it? I can't... Max, what? yeah. Is it Max? Yeah. yeah. Is a dickhead to a wizard who then turns <laughs> his sister into stone slowly, so you have to go get these star-right things yeah. that the Scribble Knots games revolve around to unstone her. And so you collect 60 of them uh, through various challenges and stuff, and then it turns out the bloke in the wizard's costume was your dad, and he unfreezes her and goes, oh, let that be a lesson to you, and that's it. That is the game. Oh, that's all very sweet, isn't it? Yeah. But there's more to Scribble Notes than it, isn't there? The online side of things. I don't know. I haven't played it. If it is. I think that was a big draw of it, that you could do things online, but I can't remember exactly what. There is a plaza thing that I haven't explored, so maybe I should... Because I was going to write a review on it, so maybe I should explore the plaza a bit and see if there's any online. But then there wouldn't be anyone online with my copy, unless there's people reviewing it for well, PAL you, you can magazines. play it anywhere. Yeah, that's true. You can play people in the States. That's true. Yeah, I can give it a look. <laughs> it's not restricted. No, that's true. Um, yeah, but it's okay. Like, I, I'd recommend picking it up for your kids and stuff. I guess it'll probably be a budget release when it's released anyway, because the new Scribble Arts DC Unmasked will be coming out. Which I've heard is inferior it, to this. Which I have heard is inferior to this, which is kind of a shame. Yeah. But then again, I guess it's because you're just trying to solve things with DC heroes mm-hmm. and don't get how it's going to work. Yeah, I, I need to touch on something that I've nearly forgotten that I played. I had another go on uh, Marvel Superheroes on the Wii U. Yeah. I played another level of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get a bit tired of Lego games. What? I think I have to say. Uh, I was just frustrated at how many little things I had to do to get to a certain point. It was like all these little puzzles, all these little bits and pieces I had to do just to move over to the other side of the screen. It just started to feel a bit of a chore to me. You know, I do this, I'll flick that switch, oh, done. And then, oh, yeah, but i got to go over and flick that switch to do that, to do that, to do that. Do I that. like so, oh. playing them in co-op. Yeah, I was playing it single player, and I think... Actually, to be honest, the one I've enjoyed the most for a long time has been Lego The Lord of the Rings. I mm. thought that was actually a quite a good game on its own. But, yeah, I kind of feel the same in Marvel Superheroes. That's why I haven't touched Lego Batman 2. Because I kind I don't of feel like co-op it's games. It's bad at all, you know. I, it was it was enjoyable. It was just a little bit monotonous. Yeah, yeah. I no, thought. I know what you're saying completely. And the music was really monotonous, actually. Yeah. I was starting to realise that it was really grating on me. This <laughs> constant repeat. <laughs> but I love the... Um, Mr. Fantastic is fantastic. Going the stretch. And uh, the stretch, you know, in the way he's been uh, done is, is wonderful. And uh, also uh, how he can change into different objects. If you yeah. find a Fantastic Four pad and you go on it, you can change into like a screwdriver. Oh, or anything. And they're all built cool. out of Lego. Uh, it's really nice. Uh, so 
good game. I, I don't, I'm not bashing it at all. I think they've done a, a fine job with a lot it. Of them now. But it just felt like a chore in places. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, I went to pick it up earlier, actually. I was going to play um, Lego City Undercover because I picked mm. that up and I was like, oh, I can play that. And I was like, well, I should probably play the Marvel game because it's more current and then I can yeah, write a review and stuff. Breaks the mold. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. Yeah. So I, I ended up just going, I'll complete Assassin's Creed. But yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think I've played anything. I think we've exhausted now. We've finally got yeah. through our umming and ahhing. We've worked out that that's it. That's what we played this week. Yeah, but then that brings me nicely to hopefully what I'm going to start playing tomorrow. Mm. Tear away. Oh, yeah. Um, Media Molecules, Tear away is out or came out last Friday. Here it's amazing. Here rave reviews. Everyone's saying this is a very bloody good game. Fortunately, I'm afraid that it's going to drown in the swath of releases swath swath <laughs> there was an xbox one release there's a playstation 4 coming out there's mario as well as a new zelda. mario there was a new zelda out last friday i'm afraid the tearaway is going to get lost i noticed also when my copy shipped or just before that tearaway is now 20 pounds mm. i have spent more than 20 pounds on games that are a lot Shitter. I will I will go out on a limb. I haven't played Terraway yet. But from what reviews are telling me and how much I like the aesthetic of the game and how good a reputation of Media Molecule, I've played games that I believe were worth less than £20 and still got a lot of You'd say maybe, maybe triple the price. Yes. In the case of Metal Gear Solid <laughs> Rising Revengeance, in which I paid a whole £62.51 in pounds for that what, crop what, just, of just shit. you bought it, right, when it came out? I bought it the Denmark. day it came out, uh, because I was convincing myself, like, oh, I'll play Metal Gear, that'll that'll take my mind off buying a Vita. And then I I played it and was just like, shit, I should have just bought a beer. What the fuck am I doing? Because I wanted Persona 4 Golden. But he stuck at it and he completed I, it. I completed it, swearing all the way like a trooper. And then I took it back and traded it in and got a Vita. Uh, but, long story short, I'm holding a contest on Twitter at the moment, which a lot of you have already entered, but I encourage you to tell your friends and stuff to do it as well. Because I'm giving away another copy of Million Molecules tear away because i believe i've paid less for it's interesting yeah <laughs> I, I like I, I i paid 40 pound i bought two copies you think of you it. want to save yourself money no but like i paid 40 pounds because i honestly want someone you think probably, it's worth 40 pounds i think it's worth 40 pound uh, and then you're giving someone else the chance and i'm giving someone else the chance it. to play it as well yeah, I um and you know our listeners are a good lot i said i do a twitter contest for us reaching a thousand so i guess this kind of ties in nicely to that um so yeah all you have to do for the contest is pretty damn simple you need to follow us on twitter at tmacast and then you just need to tweet us the worst game you've ever paid full price for Oh, have you got some? I've got millions. This has actually been a successful competition, and like <laughs> the last one we tried to run. Right, and let's have a look what we got you. Do 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 do. Oh, this is longer some of than them. last week's podcast. It is. It? Uh, we had a lot to talk about, I Oof. guess, this week. Some of these are terrible, and I feel sorry for some of these people. Actually, I can just go to my favourites because I favourited them all. Um, right then, what we got. What have we You asked got? me this question, didn't you? And I don't think I could answer you. You couldn't. Um, I never bought a bad game. You've never bought a bad game. I think that's a lie, Tom. At a bad price. If it's a bad game, I haven't spent a lot of money on it. You usually wait, yeah. Yeah. Never buy stuff at release, usually. 
There's a guy who follows us uh, called um, Benzo Pilnik. Uh, Far Cry 2 is the worst game he's bought, and he accidentally bought it three times. Two times on PC and a third via PS Plus. He said, at least this mess helps me sleep. Um, and I asked him, how the hell do you accidentally buy a copy three times? He said, well, I played the first time, he said, and was so appalled I just turned it off and forgot about it. Then I bought it on Steam, and then it was free on PlayStation Plus. And he said, actually... Well, he forgot I, he had it, Yeah, basically. he yeah. said he only realised it when he started writing the tweet, and he said maybe he tried so hard to forget it that he forgot buying it each time. Press, repressed memories, Tom. Um, a guy who call, followed us uh, called Stratham... Uh, tweeted me the worst thing. His worst purchase is Superman for the N64. Oh, wow. He paid full price for it, he Tom. He bought that one. But not only did he pay full price for it, but he was so excited to play it that he imported it from the US. So he paid £65 for Superman's Oh, no. 64. If only he'd waited and If found only out. he'd waited and found out how terrible it was. Well documented. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Grown up gamer UK, um, Bubsy 3D. He said he was young and stupid and he was effing awful. Um, Reg McFly says Pit Fighter for the SNES, 44 yeah, I was 10 years old, spending birthday money, dreams and life were crushed. Yeah. Martin Wolf says, uh, regular listener of the podcast and friend on Twitter, GoldenEye 007 for the DS, bought it in an airport and completed all five or so missions before the plane oh, even took wow. off. Uh, Matty Mags, Alien, Colonial Marines. Maybe he was listening to you hyping it up on this very podcast. Did I? Yeah, you said you were really excited for it, and then it turned I out never to be a crockapoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, World of Mel, Mario and Sonic are the Olympic Winter Games for the Wii. It was irritating, overcomplicated, and the controls were atrocious. No. Uh, Beef KR10 set says Ridge Racer was at the balls. You buy the cartridge to get the opportunity to buy the game itself afterwards. So little content included. Ridge Racer? Ridge Racer? Ridge Racer, yeah. Which one? It doesn't specify. It just says Ridge Racer. Oh. Um, yeah, and there's a load more. Um, uh, Standy Starchan says um, that she bought the PlayStation I and enough uh, PlayStation Move ones for the whole family. And then they bought one game for it because none of her kids liked it. Oh, shame. What, what game did they buy? Maybe I'm they not sure. Because I like uh, the... Did he buy um, Blinking Kung Fu Rider? Good for a laugh, but it's got no longevity. No. Uh, Rookie error. If you were there in game to advise them, Tom. Hey, I, I tell you what. The party one's pretty good. What's that called? The move party game. Oh, start the party. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite fun. And then just to finish off on this tangent, oh. Nakamura Martin says Double Dragon 5 on the snares. Awful, awful fighter. Mm. Yeah, but just tweet us in. That's all you have to do. Just tweet us at TMA Cast after following us and tell us the worst game you have purchased for full price. Or even like maybe it's a game that you thought would be good. Maybe you were really psyched about getting uh, Sikaden on the PS1 and paid 75 quid for it and then. It wasn't your cup of tea. Maybe you were like, hey, I'll play Twin Snakes, paid 50 quid for it, and you're like, oh, this is in superior to the PlayStation 1 version. Who knows? Tell I'm you, not here to judge tell you. Tell you a big disappointment, Sonic 4. Sonic 4. Bought that on release. Tom, would you say that yours is Sonic Lost World? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you disappointed and regretting that oh, 35 99 purchase? Yeah, maybe that's close to it. Do you reckon that's yours? I won't say that yet, though. I've not finished it. Vengeance is probably my 
my closest to home at the moment, but I've probably got worse games I've paid full price for. I'll probably reveal it next week. I'm going to announce the winner, the winner, <laughs> the winner on the Twitter. Winner the winner And the winner of the Twitter contest on next week's podcast. So get your entries in okay. before next Sunday around 12pm GMT and then I'll put them all in an Excel sheet and scramble it and then I'll pick a random well, That sounds winner. a very fancy way of doing it. Yeah, well, so <laughs> I, I, honestly, we've got that many entries that oh, I, I can't... You're going to write them down and put it's them gonna, in a hat. It's going to take a lot of effort to write them down and put them in a hat. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Um, and so, yeah, that brings us to the Can end, I, I guess. I have a final thought? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh, remember the Xbox 360 had memory cards? Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. I own one. Um, yeah. And then they did they get rid of the memory the, it's not on. Yeah, it's only on the original console. It's not on the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I forgot mine's gone. I've I've got a memory card. Uh, there was a crazy rule for a very long time that anything sold through the Xbox Live Marketplace couldn't be bigger than sixty four MB because then they wouldn't have fitted on the memory card. So like people with a core, such as myself, because I saw like a get a launch, couldn't download anything because they didn't have a hard drive. Bridge bought a hard drive. Isn't that funny? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, usual stuff. At TMA Cast on Twitter, I direct Tearaway Contest, that'd be nice. Forward slash Tom and Matt Attack on Facebook. Like and subscribe on uh, YouTube at TMA Cast. We're also on Twitch now at Tom and Matt Attack. Wow. And yeah, listen to us in iTunes or Stitcher. And give us a rating, give us a review, give us a subscription. Give, give, give. We give to you, you give to us. That's how it works. Yeah, and until next week then, I guess, go find your Xbox memory card and game on. <laughs> Bye. Bye.